got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Welcome, everybody, to the greatest show on YouTube. That is Coffee and Crypto Live here on the Crypto Jeb channel. It is me, T.A. Tim, hosting today because Jeb had an emergency. He should be in tomorrow, but he had an emergency today he had to deal with. But we still have a lot to talk about. I'm excited to talk to you guys about crypto. And in case you haven't noticed, if you looked at a chart or any price analysis yet, uh, Bitcoin's down a little bit. Why? As you might have seen that title, we're going to discuss a little bit of that. Could it be manipulation? Is there actually something coming? We have a lot of people actually now starting to get a little louder about a $30,000 or maybe even $20,000 price for Bitcoin. We're discussing all of that and more. But I do want to tell you guys, today's show is brought to you by iTrust Capital. And here's the thing. Today's world... People are living a lot longer than they thought. So even some of you guys out there who are a little older thinking, hey, Tim, I don't got to worry about the future. I'm just worried about it now. People live longer than they used to. And iTrust Capital is all about helping you prepare for the future and making sure you're in the best spot you can be. So if you don't have iTrust Capital, go get them today. Also, guess what today is? It's the 18th, April 18th. It's the last day to file for a tax extension. If you already paid your taxes, good for you. Good job. I did that. But some of you guys need an extension and some of you guys are going to want an extension and you need to do that today. And then go find out about Lorenzo Tax. He is phenomenal to help you guys solve your crypto tax problems. He's helped us here at the channel and, and helps us bring back a return, not just lose our money. There's a lot of confusion when it comes to crypto taxes. You're going to want a CPA like Lorenzo. Go find out more about him. Both those links are in the description down below. But I am joined by two very handsome gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to first introduce the third greatest uh, co-host on the history of all YouTube channels. That is Smay. How are you doing, Smay? I still want to know who the top two are, but uh, it, it, uh, me and the third. me. No, it's both me. All right. I would like to take this opportunity to shout out some very beautiful green names. We have Agent Gold, Mike, Mike Markle, Matt C, Christopher Malvo, Groovy, Elliot Locke, Crypto JMP, uh, 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 Crypto AI, Sultan of Salt, Tristan Williams. I'm going to put a lot of emphasis on these. Katcha Cats, Colin McDonald. Ooh. Who else we got? Crypto Red Fox, Grand Roofing Incorporated. That's it. I love you guys. Come on. Back to you, Tim. Yeah, in case you guys don't know, those green names, you'll only see them if you're on a computer. If you're on your phone, unfortunately, you don't know what we are talking about. But those are our members here at the Crypto Jeb channel. So if you are not a member already and you want to be, there's a little button right there. First of all, you should be already hitting the like button because this is great content. Uh, then you should be subscribing so you see all of our videos. And then you hit join and you become a member of the channel. It would be awesome. But also joined by our fill-in T-Shroom. How are you doing, T-Shroom, this morning? I'm doing great. I'm feeling fine. And I'm happy to be here despite the, the, the prices looking look at a little 
bearish. I am happy to be here. Yeah. It's looking a little bearish. And, and I want to jump into, we're going to go ahead and talk about a lot of stuff. There's a couple stories we're going to talk about, but old, overall, there's not a whole lot popping in the news right now. So there's going to be a lot of discussion happening today. We're still going to be doing some TA. I'm even might like glance at some other altcoins, but that's kind of even the beginning discussion I want to jump into because I've been talking to a lot of different people, especially on Twitter, where I'll talk about what Cardano's price is doing or Ethereum's price is doing. And, and I overwhelmingly will get this response of, Tim, it doesn't really matter. It just matters what Bitcoin does and then everything else will follow. So I kind of wanted to kind of start there this morning, have a short discussion with the team. What are your guys' thoughts on that issue? I even want to hear from chat what you guys think about the future of altcoins. Because right now, if we're on CoinMarketCap, I know I told you guys I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to go here so you can go to my screen, Smay. Uh, everything is looking red, especially in the top 10, except for one. <laughs> one of our favorites, Terra Luna. It is one of the ones that is popping. But it seems like a lot of different altcoins, if I were to go chart to chart to chart to chart, even though they're not the same percentage of drops as Bitcoin or when Bitcoin rises, the same percentage of rises, it does seem like the market as a whole is following Bitcoin price, except for a couple of these actually have been in the in the green now. Again, Luna was one of them. Monero's another popular one there. But I want to kind of open it up. You can go off my screen now, Smay. What are your guys' thoughts? Are we actually waiting for Bitcoin to rally before any altcoin can make that much damage? Or will we see a split coming anytime soon within the next couple of months? Yeah. Either one of you. Uh, yeah, I think that... Uh Ultimately, I have to agree kind of with the, the, the consensus in the crypto space is that altcoins do follow uh, Bitcoin. But I mean, if you any day you go on, uh, you know, coin market cap and you hit that 24 per hour percent change, there's always comp there's always coins that are moving up. You know, and right now, like uh, Decreed, DCR, is up 18% right now in 24 hours, right? There's always a reason why uh, altcoins have to just kind of moonshot a little bit. And and it's what's really difficult, obviously, is picking which of those altcoins are going to are gonna move to the upside and not to the downside. Um, but, you know, obviously it, it does happen. And so what you need to do if you, if you want to time it right is to just Keep, stay in the know, you know, uh, keep your nose to the ground and your ear to the ground and, and uh, you know, keep track of of why of, of what is what what these coins are waiting to do, what, what their breakthrough is and what, what they even offer that's unique to the crypto community in general. So what are your thoughts, Sme? Um I mean, I, I think it obviously it, it takes a lot less money to move some of these very low cap altcoins. Um, so I think there you'll see a lot of altcoins kind of pop off on their own hype uh, in their their little niche communities. They can with their uh, you know because a lot of these coin projects have companies behind them, right? So they actually have marketing dollars that can go into pitching their coins, and, and so it's like yeah, they're, they'll build their little community of people that they can convince to buy their coin and it'll pump up, and that happens. And then there's there's people who are constantly looking for those next moon coins that are going to take them to the top. So yeah, there's going to be times where altcoins are going to be running, like kind of T-Shirt pointed out. But for the most part, I mean, I, I mean, it's the obvious. What am I supposed to say? People who got into crypto probably uh, are more interested in Bitcoin than anything else. And then they branch off from Bitcoin, not the other way around. Uh, so ultimately, things are following Bitcoin at the end of the day, because Bitcoin is seen as the more sturdy, solid of the cryptocurrencies. So people tend to start there and then flow out when they feel a little bit more risk interested, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing, I think there's nothing special to point out other than, you know, that's just kind of what we're seeing right now. I think, I think that there's a little bit of a combo of both because we've seen even in the, the I've been doing technical analysis now for two short years or a year and a half, sorry, short years. Uh, 
And you still see sometimes where Ethereum or Cardano will lead the way. So I, I think I definitely understand the frustration. I think the sentiment that people have that, hey, we got to wait for Bitcoin to do something before any other altcoin moves. I don't know if that's necessarily historically true. And I know it really feels that way right now. And it might be the solution. We might have to wait for Bitcoin confirmation of upward trend before the altcoins start to move. But I have watched, and we've talked about on this channel several times, that especially when you talk about those top three uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. And the reason we call them top three is it seems like those are probably the three most talked about altcoins, even though some others are making a push for it. Again, things like Terra Luna has been hot right now. Solana has been hot over the last couple of months. But uh, overall, those top three, they have this like, it's like a, 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 a I've talked about it before, what is it called? When Braiding. It's like this braiding, you know, effort. You know, when you're braiding, in case you guys know, I was homeschooled. So my mom taught me this, even though I'm, nice. uh, I never had to braid my hair. I don't, never had hair long enough to braid. Maybe Smake could you braid. You could braid that I beard. Had, actually, I had my hair braided yesterday. I don't, my beard at one point probably was long enough to braid. But anyway, but the whole thing is that, you know, you're going over and over and over. And it, But there's always one that's on top and it's always being misplaced. And it seems like for a long time uh, over these last this last year and a half that that's what Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano has done, taking the lead on things. So potentially this is a period of time time where Bitcoin is the top, but I don't think it's as simple and I don't think people should fall into the trap of thinking Bitcoin has to go up for other altcoins to go up, especially if they're holding maybe some of the top ones like Cardano and Ethereum. Maybe it's the case right now that Bitcoin's in charge and it's kind of more leading the market, but is that more of saying, is that Bitcoin doing it or potentially the whole crypto market as a whole, but there will be a time where one of those altcoins pops and maybe Bitcoin isn't quite, quite ready yet. Again, I'm not saying don't think about this whatsoever. I do think it's always wise with Bitcoin being the, the big king of crypto to find out what's happening as price action. That's one of the reasons why we talk about it every single day. I do think it's wise to keep track of what's happening with Bitcoin, but don't let FUD and Bitcoin FUD you out of other altcoins as well, especially if they're sitting in great fundamental and technical spots for purchases. Again, Terra Luna would be an amazing example of that. I've, I've talked about that before, not only on this show, but in other videos where it was saying, if we're just going by what's happening in Bitcoin and we're just going by what's happening in technicals, you would probably be flooded out of Terra Luna versus if you were paying attention to what's happening fundamentally to it, it was growing immensely. Even Cardano, Cardano rallied at points in these last couple of months where Bitcoin did not, and it's because some phenomenal things are happening over on Cardano. But Smitty, what do you have? I I, I would I want to just add to that, that yeah. what you just said, and I want to kind of pivot to a little bit of thing of say, um, don't give every altcoin the uh the bitcoin treatment in terms of uh where you just kind of huddle in dca and like you never actually be very skeptical about it altcoins sometimes a lot of these altcoins don't have the same you know they don't have the same i guess you could say potential that's uh, the the higher cap ones when you go up up the top up to the top of the chain right so i will say continue to be diligent about learning and keeping an eye on the market and yeah. keeping an eye on what's going on. Don't, don't just give the, the set and forget mindset with some of these lower cap altcoins, uh, because at the end of the day that could uh, burn you as well. But I think in the, it, other than that, I agree. Don't get fudded out of your coins, right? Don't get yeah. fudded out of your investments, but be diligent because there's some some of these. I mean, even with Bitcoin, to be honest with you, it's a healthy thing to be is to be d diligent and educated. But like a lot of these altcoins, they're not on the same f firm foundation, and th they're they're promising a lot of things. But you have to be able to wade through the uh, the wade through the the sentiment, the hype. So uh, no, yes, exactly what Tim said, but also with the caution of stay diligent. Well, that's I mean, it's the flip side of the coin. If yeah. you don't have to wait for Bitcoin to rally, you do also don't have to wait for Bitcoin to dip for some of the altcoins to dip. 
relationship as well. I, there is a tie between them. There's like this, this connection, but it's not perfect. And sometimes it breaks off. So I still encourage everybody continue, even though follow Bitcoin, be aware of what's happening in Bitcoin because it'll help you still pay attention to the deep fundamentals and technicals of altcoins individually yes. because it will still help. And you, you can find, you can find a good little, uh, like, cause especially when you're trading, there's a lot of opportunities to find like <laughs> kind of what I was saying with there's, it takes less money to move some of these coins. You can find good coins to jump in on. It yeah. just takes really watching the market, even in a downtrend, there's going to be coins that are going to break that trend. Mm. So it's kind of like, if you're wanting to make money in the downtrend, there's obviously ways that you can dollar cost average and play the long game but if you're impatient there's definitely opportunities you just have to keep your eye out on for them well let's go ahead and jump onto the charts let's do some bitcoin ta and we're going to do it a little bit you know usually i already have lines already drawn for you guys and i don't know if you're already on my screen today but well we're going to kind of start clean and i'm going to walk you through some things i also have some other charts with some lines already drawn so it's not like i'm starting completely from scratch but i wanted to kind of just walk with you guys through what we're seeing on the charts with bitcoin right now because we are below forty thousand. that's really big there was this uh line that we've been holding very strong we had been holding very strong i went ahead and deleted it but it's good it's pretty much this line right here i'll zoom in for you guys this is a little bit of a concern and we're going to discuss a little bit later some of the news and the fundamentals of why we think potentially there's something happening at play here but this was a big line that we were talking about. We were holding this line. Uh, there was nothing to be concerned about. We hadn't broken bearish out of it yet, but we have broken bearish now. In fact, there was kind of almost even a zone. If I were to draw the zone of it, the zone kind of looks something along this line right here. If you guys remember, uh, we'd been staying within that zone this whole way, making higher lows all the way around. And even though we have not set a lower low yet, the fact that we broke that support line is a little concerning, especially as we start to close candles below it. You guys saw two wicks right here back on the 24th of January and the 24th of February, we went below it. But as you can see, these are both green candles that we dropped. And this was a great buy opportunity that shot back up and began a little bit of the climb. So right here, we shot back up, ended up rallying all the way uh, up into 45,000. Then we dropped right here, ended up rallying back up to 45,000 again, dipping again. But this is a little bit different. We're, as we start to see this develop, are we going to see this candle shoot back up or are we going to see us start to close below and potentially are the bears going to take some power? As we talked about on Friday, they did win the options expiry uh, where they, I think it was a $180 million win for the bears. So this is something we got to keep our eyes on, but we're going to talk a little more because something else happened on Friday, which would support the bulls case that they could be taking over. But right now, as it stands, this is a key thing to look at. If you guys are following technical analysis, we just broke a longstanding three month, was it almost, three and a half month uh, support level. Uh, this is something to keep an eye on. Now, let's keep looking at some other things here on the daily chart. We're still sitting in bullish RSI divergence territory. What do I mean by that? Let me go ahead and delete this line and show you guys. Our RSI is still down from this point right here. So if we take this point on the RSI, we are heading down on the RSI level, whereas in the same time frame, these points are actually still moving up in price. Now, we don't have a closed candle here yet, but as long as we stay above this flat level, if we were to close right there around 37,700, Technically, we would have a flat bottom in price, but still a descending level of, of RSI. That is still bullish RSI divergence, hidden bullish RSI divergence, which is calling for a continuation. So there's still a little bit of strength here for the bulls, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to happen. We could see a catastrophic fall, or I don't know about catastrophic, but some of you would be very upset about it, falling below this price, heading back down towards the 35, maybe even $33,000 level 
levels, in which case, forget about that bullish RSI divergence. Now we have to worry about holding that $30,000 level. But RSI-wise, we're still sitting in a good spot. Let's move down our MACD. As you guys, I'm a little different than Jeb. I like to put my MACD up top. It helps me see the RSI a little cleaner. But we are heading a little bit more bullish on the MACD. So this is a bullish sign for anyone who's wondering. The MACD is starting to come back. Those, those red histogram bars are getting smaller. Potentially is this, you know, as we talk about this support we had, we had a nine flash TD sequential. I'll go ahead and show you guys that one. We were at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. Are we going to end up flipping? Or are we going to keep going down? You guys can see right there, nine right there, bottom of the Bollinger Bands. But it looks like we're potentially working ourselves back down towards the bottom of those Bollinger Bands. As a whole right now, guys, the the charts are not necessarily just on those indicators, not telling us a whole lot. But now let's start to get into some arguments with the technicals that we're going to discuss here in about 10 or 15 minutes as a team. So two different ways to think about this. The first one I'm going to show you guys, I want to make sure you remember which one. A lot of bears are looking at this chart right here and looking at this formation. I talked about this a little bit already. I drew the line for you. This is the top level support. If you guys are new to charts, you're just seeing these two lines. You're saying, Tim, what should I be, what should I be looking at here? This is what we call a bear flag. If I was not paying attention to any fundamentals whatsoever, if I was just paying attention to technicals on Bitcoin, this is bearish, and I'll explain why. So this bear flag right here is, it's called a bear flag because it's on the way down, and our we have a flag pole that comes all the way down here. What you do to predict what happens here, if you guys are new to technical analysis, you extrapolate this line, you move it over, you put it at the top of the flag, and then this gives you a price prediction potentially for a drop. And this is putting us right about $24,000. This is one of the reasons why that, that echoing, that voice of saying, guys, Bitcoin is about to crash is still so loud because technical analysts can use this mark to say, guys, we are in trouble. This, this fake rally right here was not anything special. It's just part of building a bear flag. Now, I want to give you guys a little bit of hope, a little bit of, uh, hey, just because we see this happening doesn't mean that you should be freaking out. Because I, like, I think a lot of retail investors are looking at this chart right here. A lot of retail investors that are in technical analysis are looking at this bear flag. They're getting upset. They're saying, guys, I'm about to sell. I'm going to wait till we get back down to low 20s. Maybe I'll buy back in there if it stops there. But that is a short-term time frame. Even though we're on the daily chart, this is something that this affects us maybe for a couple of weeks. I'll tell you what a lot of institutions are looking at right now, and this should give you guys some hope. And we've talked about this before, but I'm going out to the weekly chart so you guys can see because weekly chart tells us what's happening over the next couple of months. And all the best investors know if you want to make money, you got to be patient. So in the same breath as we talked about having a bear flag on the daily chart, look at what we have right here. It's the exact opposite. In fact, what we have here would actually be a bull flag. Now, here's the debate. Would you come all the way down here to the bottom level of the pandemic, or would you start right here on, the, on August when we kind of really started this rally? What I'm going to do is say, you know what? I'll give it to the bears. I'll say, you know what? We're not going to count the whole pandemic. We're going to call that a, uh, a black swan event. It, we're not going to take that into consideration. Let's start right here in September of 20 and take it up to the top of the flag. If this plays out, again, if you're going to be bearish and say, guys, there's a bear flag on the daily chart. We're going down to 24. Well, you also then got to say, well, there's a bull flag on the weekly chart. And this would give us a price prediction of roughly $232,000. Here's my takeaway when I'm looking at these two different charts. Do not make plans based off of either one of them. Why do I say that? 
Technical, technical analysis is extremely helpful. I am TA Tim. I love using it. It helps me read the markets. But if I do nothing but follow technicals, if I do not pay attention to what's happening in the news, if I do not turn my brain on and start thinking about the sentiment happening in the market and start piecing together the stories along with the technical analysis, I would be very tempted to either A, be like a retail investor and FUD out because of this shorter time frame bear flag, or I would be, uh, I would FOMO in and say, guys, guess what? This bear, this bull flag is saying we're going to shoot straight up to 200,000. Both of those would probably be an unwise decision to make a bet on. You got to keep looking at all of the information. So I'm going to pause right there on the technical analysis. There's a lot I just threw at you right there. I want to throw it to T Shroom and to see what he's thinking about right now. I know you read the charts. I know you do a lot more fundamental stuff, but what are you seeing T Shroom on the charts that would give you either a hope or B, are you a little bit uh, skeptical about the price of Bitcoin right now? Sure. All right. So, well, just let me know when I, my screen is up. This will be the first time I've ever had. It seems that it's not. Can you unplug and plug back in? Yeah. Oh, this is the old connection. I remember this this old game. This old little rascal. This old little rascal game. If, if you, if you can't is. get his okay. chart up, we can just, he can just talk and I can try my We're best here. to talk through it. We're here. Yeah. So, Wait. I mean, what I'm looking at is it, this, this really needs to come back and uh, flip the support into resistance in order for this to be like a, a real bearish event for me. Um, but more, I mean, there's still a good chance that it's going to come back up above uh, that support and just and keep uh, trending inside the channel that we've been seeing. The other thing that I'd, I'd uh, bring your attention to is that's exactly what it did back here. And I know, Tim, you can't see this, but uh, back around um, the 22nd of February mm -hmm. or the 23rd of February, it, it broke down that uh, that support and then and popped right back up because it got back it got bought up by people who are waiting for something exactly like that to happen. They want it to go lower so that they can buy it and um, get a lower average price of their holdings. So, um, you know, both of those, I, I'd say we still aren't at a very bearish event yet. I mean, it's it's gotten more bearish than bullish, but mm. I, but I think we're still we're still um, you know waiting for that confirmation that we indeed have broken out. Um, so, so that, you know, that's what I'm seeing. I'm also seeing that the, uh, the MACD histograms on the, on the daily have been, have been rounding, uh, quite bullishly, so, which is, which is good. Um, and so, you know, that just means that the, the selling volume is, is going, uh, down, but th the thing is that trading volume is going down in general, as you can see, uh, you know, we've seen a, just a, a general, you know, kind of decline recently in that trading volume, which isn't, which isn't, you know, it's not good or bad, but it, it does tend it's to a lot lean, of indecision. Yeah, it tends to lean um, bearish, just because you know you yeah. less volume, you have less interest in, and in, uh, I'm sure we'll get more to the fundamental, yeah, the fundamental argument here too. So you can go back to full screen, so you can see our beautiful faces. But um, you know, that's kind of what I'm tracking. You know, I, I definitely think that this is a, it's a, it looks to be. Uh, kind of a bearish moment, but it hasn't technically confirmed any kind of bearish sentiment on at least on the daily chart yeah. to where I would be concerned. Well, I mean, so there's you go over to Lux Algo. You can go back to my screen here. One of our indicators we love to follow as well. Uh, we did have this is no confirmation. We have a sell signal right now. We have a red trend catcher on the daily chart. We have red candles. Those are the three things that we're looking for for confirmation that is potentially time to sell. I think that if anyone was shorting right now, if someone was uh, trading against, it probably a 
was a good place to take profit. B was a good place to potentially short the market. What I'm even kind of looking at here is a level of support from Luxago. You guys see these bands right here, this reversal band. Uh, and there, we're going to talk about that price, that thirty-five dollars to $33,000 range. Uh, again, we've talked about that before. I didn't think it was going to come back into play. So that's one situation where I will be more than happy to say I was wrong. I, I thought that we had played our way out of it. But it looks like our price is going back down to that level potentially. Luxago is even talking about that. But if I turn Luxago off, there is reasons to potentially believe that we might be might be having some form of a bounce. If we go down to some of the smaller charts, uh, here on the four-hourly chart, I'm going to pull up our RSI divergence that we have forming right here. And if you guys are wondering what I'm talking about, boom, I talked about it earlier. The price is going down. We do have some green candles here. The last two four-hour candles have been green despite the fi fact, the fight, the fact that RSI is in fact going up. I'll show you guys real quick right here. This isn't anything to get crazy excited about and say, guys, the crash is over or the dip is over, whatever you want to call it. Some people call it crash, some people call it dip, but it is enough to say I, the bleeding might be stopped for now. But I, I actually, if people were going to ask my opinion, I think that we're actually going to see the 35 to 33 again. And I know people are going to say, oh no, Tim turned back bearish, but it's, it's going to be what we're discussing here in a little bit. And I'm going to start floating the concept right now. And then we're going to go through some super chats. We're going to go through chat and see what you guys are saying, what you guys think. Uh, but then we're going to discuss the potential manipulation in this space. And I have not talked about this here in a while. You, some of you guys who have been following uh, this channel know that I have been really big on the Wyckoff accumulation phase. I've, I follow Wyckoff, the distribution, the accumulation teachings that he has. And it's the concept, for anyone who's new, that was developed by Richard Wyckoff back in, I believe, the 20s. He was a trader back in 1920, but he began to realize there were some comparisons in the stock market he saw happen over and over and over again. And he built this thought called uh, the composite man, that you have to, when you're trading the market, when you're watching things happen, you have to take all the institutions, all the whales, all the places, and kind of treat them like one entity and call them something. He called them the composite man. But it, it, there's a system that they use to manipulate people out of the market so that they can accumulate as much supply as possible. And on the flip side, when it's time to distribute, they manipulate the market so they can take as much profit as possible, get some of the retail investors to buy up all of their stock, and then they can uh, let the price go deeper so they can gain more supply. We saw this play out back in the summer of 2021. That was last year. Now, we talked about this a little before. These charts are not identical. So by no means am I saying, guys, this is exactly how it last year, so it has to happen this year. But what we did notice, one thing I'll point out right here, we had been trading in this range between about 39 and about uh, these, we had wicks coming down to low 30s, 30,900, 31,000. Either way, we had a little bit of a hope right there in June. We broke through the 40,000. We came up all the way to about, let's see, that wick comes to about 41, almost $42,000. A lot of people were excited. We thought it was over. And then we dipped again. Throughout this whole phase, we watched and we, we kind of analyzed as institutions institutions as whales kind of manipulate the market. If you guys are looking at these peaks, I can go down the four hourly, four hourly chart, show you even more peaks, and I'm going to have to get there because it messed me up a little bit. Uh, we watch stories, and I, I don't remember each story individually, but I guarantee you, if you went back and did your analysis, you're going to find this. You're going to find FUD stories posted right here at the bottom. We came back up to the top. Then we saw a, fo uh, uh, sorry, a FOMO, uh, let's see, let me get my brain straight. FUD story came to top FOMO story. FUD story, FOMO story, FUD story, FOMO story. And what am I talking about? I mean, articles that were written saying Bitcoin is about to crash and go down to 18,000. 
$18,000. What does this make retail investors do? It makes them freak out and sell. What do institutions then do? They go and buy that supply and they get to raise up uh, their money so then they can pump the price back up and make some profit. Now, what happens up at the top? Oh guys, just watch. We fell all the way down to $29,000 and we rallied. Bitcoin's gonna be okay. We're heading back up to the top. Bitcoin has all this bullish information happening. That's a FOMO story. They FOMO'd in a lot of retail investors so that they could take profit and come back down. This is a classic case of manipulation. And what ended up happening is they gave us a little bit of hope after a couple of weeks, a very frustrating sideways downward movement after we had been up at 65,000 back here in April. A lot of investors got a little tired and we saw this little hope happen and someone's like, all right, it's time. We're, we're time to make some money again. We can actually believe in Bitcoin. And then boom. FOMO article, guys, Bitcoin's ready to go. Bitcoin is back. The price drops and it crushed people's hope, right? Let's fast forward to right now and about to get into some super chats and we'll discuss this. But is that not kind of exactly what has happened right here? We kind of danced around between 42,000 and uh, 52,000, giving people hope and then we crushed it. We've now been dancing between 35,000 and we got as high as 48 or this range got as high as 45 but every single time we seem to crush people's hope. And I think right now we're going through a similar situation. There's a lot of bullish things out there. There's both absolutely bullish fundamentals, but there's also bullish FOMO articles being posted that give people hope, but the price keeps going down. I think that what is trying to happen right now is the retail investor, they're trying to break the retail investors hope. They're trying to break their spirits because there is so much happening in Bitcoin that is going to be uh, a moneymaker. Institutions finally have some regulational clarity coming out that are giving them hope. We see spot ETFs being developed. Yet the price is going down. This is a little bit fishy. This is something that I keep our eyes on. This to me is looking like potentially another dip down uh, of manipulation before the price finally rallies. And unfortunately, I think several of you are gonna be flooded out because of it. But you can go ahead and go off my screen now, Smay. That's the technical analysis. I know it was a little messy this morning, but it's kind of setting up the conversation we're about to have here in five minutes. But I wanna read some chat uh, from some of you guys. It looks like we only have two. Uh, Smay, did you see any more than two? I know sometimes not all of them get recorded. Uh, no, I, I haven't. I mean, I haven't really seen any. I've okay. seen a couple. Well, Robert Corey said, would you buy Chainlink at this level? It would be great to have an update on TA. Thanks, Robert. You know, because there's only two and the second one is from Wild Trader, just wanted to get $5. I'll go ahead and we can do some VeChain TA real quickly. We don't usually do too much altcoin technical analysis on this channel, but let me find my VeChain. Give me just a second, Smay. Don't go to my screen just oh, yet. Oh. We already on my screen? I caught you it's, with your pants down. It's fine. I'll, I'll just look it up. I, I have it saved in my bar, but I'm not finding it. So the old classic, type it in. Let me look at the daily chart real quick first. Oh, I have done some TA tell on this me, one, but that's outdated as get out. So you can go back to my screen now. So what we have happening with VeChain, again, it's, it's it's a similar concept to what we have going on with Bitcoin. So it's, it, this is part of the reason why people are saying things along the lines of, I'm not going to buy into a project until it does something different. Although I will say this peak that we have from VeChain is nowhere near the close to the peak that we had in Bitcoin. So this is an example that I was talking about where just because Bitcoin is doing well doesn't mean you should follow their altcoins. VeChain has been struggling. It's continuing to set these uh, lower, lower highs. Uh, and then we outpaced this one right here on February 10th. So that is, you know, maybe a reason people got some hope right here. But as a whole, VeChain is probably stinking similar to what we have going on with Bitcoin. Let's look at some 
indicators and see what's happening here. Uh, this is an example where I do not see bullish RSI divergence. Remember I talked about we had bullish RSI divergence for Bitcoin. And if you go over and look at Ethereum and Cardano, you have it as well. Uh, this is not bullish RSI divergence. So this is potentially in a, a, a continuation. The good news is, is we still have a higher low. So maybe the price continues to climb, but there's nothing screaming at me right now. Maybe if I go down to the four hourly chart, it's going to show that it's time to rally. Yeah, okay, we have that similar to Bitcoin. We do have bullish RSI divergence on the four hourly chart. So maybe there's some hope right there to rally. But going out to the daily chart, let's look at TD Sequential, Bollinger Bands, see if anything's happening there. Uh, we're not at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. That's It's not the end of the world. You don't have to hit the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. I just really like when it does. To me, that's a stronger support level or a stronger uh, argument to say that's time to reverse. We did have that uh, bullish nine flash, that red nine. But then you can see just like Bitcoin, it quickly turned over. I, I do think this is an example. VeChain is not necessarily necessarily in the greatest spot. The last thing I want to check, which I have not done on VeChain in a while, let me see if there's any significance to any of the, uh, oh, I did not get rid of my Bollinger Bands. My bad, guys. Uh, let me see if there's any significance to FIB and if anything spicy is happening there. I'll start with from low to high. Uh, let's see here. Are we adding significant levels? Yeah, we're sitting right in the golden pocket. So that's, that is another potential bullish case for VeChain. It is sitting in a nice little spot. Uh, I do think a lot of people are going to make the argument, though, on VeChain, if Bitcoin doesn't go back up, neither is VeChain, uh, even though it hasn't stuck to Bitcoin the same as some others have. Uh, overall, I think VeChain is in a in kind of a don't do anything. I don't think it's a buy or a sell at the moment. I think there's some cases for a, a potential bump and rally, but there's also some cases for a continuation to the downside. So you can go off my screen now. Um, let's see here. I don't see anything else. I'm going to go look through chat. Was there anything good asked in chat, T-Shirt, that you saw? I actually, uh, I did see something. Um, I got to find it though. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. So Eric Browning asked, what coins are you buying? So I, I'll go ahead and disclose. I, I'm in the process of buying more pancake swap. It's something that it's a project that I, I believe in because it's it's the number one by volume uh, staking platform out there. And uh, we'll, we'll put out some more content on staking and staking farms and pools and things like that. Yeah. But um, the reason why is because we are, you know, for better or for worse, you know the kind of the market is kind of in a lull where it's not like shooting up, you know. And so, what I want to do is is have some of my money in uh, coins that are at least like highly farmable. So I'm getting about 63% APY in that, and that that I started it was at 92%. Now, what you'll note is that uh, Pancake Swap has come gone off a cliff. So I started buying in at like 20, and now it's down around eight or nine dollars. So, uh, but I am still buying. Why? Because I want to accumulate the coin. You know, I'm not looking at it in terms of how many dollars that I have in Pancake Swap. I'm looking at how many coins I have. And yeah. you know, Pancake Swap. Say what you will about you know its its affiliation with with Binance and Binance Smart Chain. But, you know, I, I think that in the next, you know, major bull rally that uh, crypto goes in, uh, these this will be a, a very big um, haven because people will people are always curious about, OK, well, what's the next Bitcoin while Bitcoin is is going up quite rapidly? And I think that people they always look at, um, you know, the ones that are that have something else to offer that sustained value, not just the now value. Yeah. Last last question I'll have here before we get into the charts or sorry, the charts the discussion. Uh, Mark Stone, I've seen a couple of people post this. This isn't new. We have answered this in other videos, but I'll answer it really quickly. Mark Stone said Blood Diamond confirmed on the Bitcoin Weekly. Any impact with that? Here's the deal. So what he's talking about is Market Cipher, and I don't have Market Cipher on mine. It's not one I use that often, but I've watched Kelly use it. I've seen Jeb use it. I, I understand the concepts of what's happening there. 
it's a good good indicator. Here's my problem with the blood diamond on the weekly chart. It's the first one that's ever been done. Never seen it before. So as much as blood diamonds are supposed to be used to say it's time to sell, having never seen it before, there's not a lot of historical analysis when it comes to crypto to say that that is a most used, uh, the best use case for uh, that indicator. For all we know, there's been cases on this one I have seen. I have seen blood diamonds form on daily channels or on daily charts and on weekly, I'm sorry, not weekly charts, on four hourly charts and hourly charts, and then the price goes up. Uh, that being said, I've seen lots of blood diamonds where the price goes down. It is not a perfect indicator. It does not mean 100% of the times it goes to the downside. And so the fact that it's the first one we've ever seen, I think this will be a great use case for the next time we see a weekly blood diamond chart. What does it do? But I I, I think it would be unwise for any uh, investor out there just because they see one indicator say extremely bearish to go ahead and sell. The truth is right now there is a mixed bag of indicators. And that's why I said this is kind of a no buy, no sell zone. And that's going to lead us right into our discussion because right now I have this this thought. And it's, I just told you guys earlier, I actually now am back in the camp. I've been here before I left it. I'm back in the camp of saying, I think we're going to see a 35, potentially even a $33,000 Bitcoin. And the reason why is because there's a lot of manipulation in the space. And I want to hear what my, uh, my two co-hosts have to say about that, but I would not be surprised is as that voice gets louder, I think other people agree that it's going down to 35, 33. Let me know in chat what you guys think. But we're not going to go straight down there. Why? Because when everyone starts to think something, when everyone starts to kind of be on the same mode, that's when the manipulators come into the space and they change the direction, changing the hopes. What's going to happen is we're going to see some, like we, on the four hour chart, we saw some metrics saying it's time to bounce. We're going to rally just high enough for people to say, oh, never mind. We're not going down to 35 before we actually see a crash. It's all about messing with the emotions and playing with the sentiment of the average retail investor. And when I say average retail investor, I'm not talking about you guys listening because I think a lot of you guys who have been following for a while, for a while, you guys do your own research. You know what you're talking about. This channel is one of the greatest at helping people understand what's happening in the space. But we got to remember, there's a lot of people who do not follow intelligent uh, YouTube channels or follow investing, uh, wise investing strategies, and they just kind of wing it. And they follow their emotions day in and day out. And that's what the institutions, the whales are looking at. They're looking at that person, the average retail investor, and saying, how can we best with their emotions to manipulate them to sell at the wrong moments and to buy at the wrong moments? But I have my thoughts on that. I'm going to talk about it here in a little bit. I want to hear what you guys think. I might start with T-Shroom about what you think is happening right now. When you're looking at the news and you look at the technicals, what are your thoughts? Is this manip manipulation or simply coincidence? I think there's definitely some some manipulation going on um, in and I think there always is. I think when when you can manipulate, why wouldn't you manipulate? You know, I think that if you can have the edge, if you uh, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? And yeah. and so I think that I think what has what has changed is and in, in how the the manipulation environment has changed is that the the Fed has shifted its policy and it's begun to increase the interest rates. Yeah, um, which now the mortgage rate is at five percent, which we haven't seen in, in years. Um, this has been a season to refinance your home and now it's now it's time you know it's going to put a freeze on um on buying for a little bit not a freeze but it's going to it's going to damper the markets and become a, a little bit of a different market and so it's it's having uh, these interest rates from the fed um is having an effect on on home uh, rate uh, markets. It's having an effect on certainly on equity markets, uh, and it and it's definitely having an effect here on the crypto markets. Um, so you know, B 
people who are hedge funds who are, who are seeking to manipulate the markets are they know that and they're they're playing with those they're, they're also trying to capture that wind in their sails as well because mm-hmm. they know the 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 major forces are are the forces of government and the forces that dictate what the what the rate of money lending is um, and and Bitcoin unfortunately is still kind of classified in the minds of many traders uh, as kind of a high-risk asset not kind of a high-risk asset it is a high-risk asset in the minds of those traders and those traders are not the same people who have a strong conviction behind the monetary implications of bitcoin uh like we do like we understand bitcoin uh, perhaps if you're watching for the first time you don't understand bitcoin at all and that's okay there's a lot of educational content on this channel uh that can that can help you kind of get to that conclusion uh but the, the average trader on Wall Street, the average trader working for a, a little big time hedge fund, they have, they have a cursory understanding of how of how Bitcoin can be beneficial for society, but they're really just trying to to make gains. And when they're hearing that uh, money is more expensive, meaning the Fed has increased rates, you know they're they're less likely to go into what they consider to be a higher risk asset. And so you're seeing you know uh, not not a fully collapse, but you're seeing a downtrend in the. In, if you want to go to my screen, Smey. Um, you're seeing a downtrend in the. This is the Nasdaq. Was what I have pulled up. Is it up yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this is so. So this is kind of where you had uh, the event start, um, and, and yeah, I can say pandemic. I believe uh, this is where the pandemic started. Right. The funds started. The uh, Fed started to to just uh, buy bonds at a, a rate we've never seen. You know, like sixty billion per month at some points. Um, and so this kind of synthetically floated the economy for a long time. Well, now you're starting to see a significant correction, right? Um, like this here was a correction. Here was a, a nice little correction in that time. Um, but what we're seeing now, this this is a much higher percent correction. Uh, and this is the NASDAQ, folks, just so you're not getting too confused. Um, but, but overall, the point I'm trying to make is that the, the correction in Bitcoin, it coincides at a high rate of correlation um, to this 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 correction that we're seeing uh, here in in Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't worry about it in terms, like nothing has happened, you can go back to full screen, nothing has happened to the integrity of Bitcoin and what it promises to be as a monetary tool, as a superior money technology. Um, All that has happened is that the big money um, in the world that flows around, that uh, invests in new projects is is distracted, right? And it's also scared and it's also more expensive. it's more expensive to go get a loan to invest in something right now, whether it be a small business, a new home, or a high-risk asset. And so people are looking kind of to prioritize what they need. So, uh, but all the while, there are definitely people sitting there manipulating, whether it's high-frequency traders manipulating or whether it's people who have um, have close relationships with media outlets. You know, they're, they're going to manipulate as much as they can. And right now, the manipulation would be fear so that the market would go lower so that then they yeah. can buy at a lower price. Yeah, no, it's, it, the fear and greed index this morning is at 24. Uh, this is down. We had last week at some point. Last week, it says 32. But I remember, I guess if you were to go back eight or nine days, it got up to the 50s. Uh, people actually started getting really confident. And that's one of the good metrics you guys know. We talk about all the time, the fear and greed index uh, that follows the sentiment of the market. And every time it gets low, extreme, we're in extreme fear right now, down at 24. That means it's a good time to buy. Even if the price goes down just a little bit, it's, we're getting closer to a good time to buy. When we start getting higher up and we start getting over towards 60, 70, it's when it's like, oh, no, the, the market's over 
it's it's overextended. It probably is time to come back down. People are a little too sure of themselves. And, and this is the concept I want to even get here. Before I throw it to Smay with the manipulation, why are we saying it's manipulated? Because I, I even saw in comments, a lot of you guys are saying like, oh, no, they're going to say it's manipulated all the way down. Here's the reason why it's manipulated. You can go ahead and go to my screen, uh, Smay. There's an article posted this morning, and I'm not going to read the whole article. It's, it's more one of the, the takes from it, but it says the SEC risk violating Admin Procedure Act by rejecting spot Bitcoin ETFs, says Grayscale. Overall, the takeaway I want you to get here is They've now approved two spot ETFs, or they're close to approving two spot ETFs. The SEC approving spot Bitcoin's ETF is a matter of when, not if. These are two very, very bullish stories. Or this is a bullish story. Sorry, these two spot ETFs is what I meant. Are very bullish for the fundamentals of Bitcoin. This is going to allow a lot of institutional money to come into the space. It's going to bring in a lot of adoption. Uh, So this is very big. That happened just over the weekend, and yet the price is going down. Another thing that happened on Friday, I told you guys about this earlier, on Friday, $1.2 billion worth of Bitcoin leaves Coinbase in a day signaling heavy institutional accumulation. If you guys wanna see a chart, here's a chart right here. This is what happens when we see outflows of this magnitude in the space. You guys see this marker right here? During the pandemic, March 2020, we had massive outflows happening as people took their money off of exchanges. Look at what we're currently doing right now. Now, it's not all-time high. It's not like we're getting down here. Uh, I'm not 100% certain exactly what that metric is right there. But you guys can see the levels of outflows are massive. This is bullish sentiment. This is amazing stuff that is happening in the space. ETFs are coming. We have regulate sorry, you can go off my screen now. Regulational, what is regulational? That's not a word. Regulatory. Regulatory. Words are fun these days. Regulatory clarity coming out of uh, the government. The thing that we have right now that I think is causing most of this dip and I think is potentially a catalyst by which is being taken advantage of is the high interest rates being brought out by the Fed. This is the one argument that people will say this is not manipulation. This is a fundamental, bearish fundamental news of the interest rates hiking up. Here's the reason why I disagree. I, I don't think that that's a part of the manipulation. I think that that is a circumstance by which manipulators take advantage of the situation. I've talked about this before. I think this is the year that we get to $100,000 potentially within the next uh, 12 months, not because of retail investment. I do think we have a long road ahead of us with curbing inflation. Those interest rates will go up. Retail investors are going to be flooded out or not even able to get back into the space. But we are going to see as institutions taking advantage of that because the technology of Bitcoin is growing. As T-Stream said earlier, there's a lot of institutions that don't understand it yet, but that number of people who are starting to understand Bitcoin is growing and growing and growing. Yellen came out with a video about a week and a half ago where even Janet Yellen, one of the one of the people in the government that might be the biggest Bitcoin naysayer, she is turning her tune on what she thinks of Bitcoin. She clearly now understands it. We see institutions actually demanding it. Some of these large banks and investment firms come out and have said, people come in and ask about Bitcoin. That's the most asked about project or the most asked about asset. So even though it's still viewed as a risky asset by many, those who are being educated are seeing it as the future and they're wanting to get into it anyways. So this is where the manipulation argument comes in. We know that retail investors are struggling, not only because they've bought a lot of the other dips, but because they're also now watching as these interest rates go up and their ability to spend money goes down, they can no longer play the game. If you wanna to go to my charts, May, real quick, this is what I was talking about with my team earlier. How many of you guys have bought in these dips? Uh, and, and, and those are good buys, these are good dips. The problem is, how much cash do you have left over? If you're DCAing with a paycheck, I guess you'll just keep doing that. But I think there's a large amount of people who had some money, they slowly, they, they planned this out wisely, and they bought dips along the way, but they're running out of money to buy. And so you're gonna see this price. This is one of the reasons I told you, I think we're gonna 
have a little false rally and then come down and, and within the next couple of weeks, maybe come down to these lower 30s. And the problem is, and I'm in this boat too, I'm not gonna have a whole lot of cash left over to purchase. I can keep with my my paycheck DCA strategy, so I get paid every two weeks, and I can say I'm gonna take a percentage of that paycheck and put it in, but some people sat here, they took profits up at the top over here because they were wise, they saw they saw the, the writing on the wall, and now they've been spending it, they've been buying back in all these dips, and these are good purchases long-term, but they're running out of that flow. The institutions know that. So if they can keep spiking and giving hope, maybe they got a couple of you guys to buy up here, and now the price has come down. I still think, Long-term, this is a good buy spot, but they know if they can get you guys to get rid of your cash, get rid of your ability to get supply, and they can bring the prices back down to the low 30s, that's when they can purchase it. And this whole Fed news with the height, the, the, the rate hike, that is simply a nice opportunity for the institutions, the whales, or as Wyckoff calls them, the composite man to bring the boat back to purchase. And then eventually they will not keep us in the zone forever. They will be ready to make some profit and they'll let us spring. But I got some, I got some good and bad news for you. The good news is that spring will come. The bad news is these institutions and whales are very patient. In Bitcoin, we've only been around now for about 13 years. Sometimes accumulation phases can take years in the stock market because those whales and institutions who have billions of dollars to spend, they're willing to wait their time. They're willing to FUD everybody out of the market so that they can get as much supply as possible. I don't think it's gonna take years, but I want you to know if people are thinking, oh, well, if that's the strategy they're using, maybe they'll be done in the next couple of months. Maybe they will, but maybe they won't. There's no guarantee. They will continue, continue, continue to think, how can I get as much supply as possible? And the only thing that would stop that manipulation from working is if retail investors say, you know what, we don't need institutional money, we're gonna buy it anyway, and the price starts to skyrocket. The problem with that is though, these interest rate hikes, they understand, these institutions, they understand that the circumstances have played out perfectly to, to kind of hold down retail investment. They understand that there's not a lot of retail money out there left to be bought. So with that lack of power, with that lack of buying, they understand they can swoop in and do what they want with the price. And then when they're good and ready and they like their supply, then the price will go up. But Samay, I wanna hear what your thoughts are about all of that. I know that was a long-winded thought, but I hope it was helpful. <clears throat> Guys, I'm gonna teach you something really good. And it's kind of, Tim kind of got at it. Uh, he kind of stole what I was preparing, but uh, this will still be a good little thing. I'm going to teach you guys how to be good old retail investors. You ready? This right here, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. This right here, I'm showing you a picture. This is called a remora fish. You ever heard of a remora fish? You've definitely seen them before, but I'm sure you just didn't know what they were called. Um, this is another picture of a remora fish. Whoa, look at that. They've attached themselves to the whale. That, guys, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that is how you be a good retail investor. You move with the whales. Because if you think you're going to outsmart these teams of hundreds of, of very, very intelligent investors that are sitting there crunching their numbers, if you think you're going to outsmart them, you've lost. And you're going to get manipulated like crazy. Yeah. What you need to do is attach yourself and realize that you're basically you're – basically, uh, freeloading on all their effort, right? So then hop on there, hop on that that ship and ride it to to your uh, financial sovereignty. You know what I mean? That's 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 all you have to do. 
it's not like I think sometimes, uh, especially nowadays, and this is good in other areas of life, but everyone's like, you have to be, you have to swim against the, the you have to swim against the grain and all this stuff. It's like, no, in this case, and especially in investing, these are the people that have the money that's moving the markets. These are the people that you kind of have to attach yourself to or else you're going to get left behind in the current. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is how you be a good retail investor. Back to you, Tim. Yeah, I, 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 we're going to close it up and go back to Super Chats uh, here because I want to hear what you guys think. And I, even I want you, T-Shroom and Smay, pay attention to chat if you see some good questions there in case there's not a lot of a chat there. I think that's the message if I could close up that whole segment with to let you guys know about prepare to write it out. And, and I know that you guys are wanting not only us, but you want other YouTubers to give you definites. You want us to tell you this is the bottom, this is the top, this is the bottom, this is the top. That is impossible. We'll do the best job we can, but just you know, we're investing right alongside you guys. We are we are retail investors. I wish we were whales and institutions. We're not, maybe some YouTubers are, I don't know. We're not, we're not whales and institutions. We are right there with you, and that's the reason our channel exists, is to we want financial sovereignty right along the same time as you guys do. And we're walking through this together. And uh, we use technical analysis, fundamental analysis, sentiment analysis, all to help you guys better understand so you can think for yourself to invest for yourself. But that's what I would tell you is right now, if you are thinking there is a sure buy or a sure sell, that's not the case. But in all reality, that's one of the reasons why Bitcoin is so amazing is because of the risk. I was talking with a guy who knows a lot more than I do about uh, economics and about uh, about investments. And he talks about when, it, when a project is risky, that is when you know there's a whole heck of a lot of value as long as the fundamentals and the technology of that project are actually sound. And if that's not Bitcoin, I don't know what is. But it's going to take some patience. It's going to take some riding out. It's going to take some, just like a bucking Bronco, you got to go ahead and hang on. The good news is, though, is just as Smay talked about, if you can latch yourself to the whale rather than fighting the whale, eventually it goes up and to the right. And there's a lot of arguments to say it could happen soon, and there's a lot of arguments to say it might take a little while. Either way, hold on, be patient, take a breath, continue to grow your education and learn more about this space. And I promise you, when you think about this five years from now, you will remember back in that 2021, late 2021, early 2022 timeframe that you were discouraged and flooded out. You'll say, oh my gosh, what was I thinking if I had just been patient or I'm so glad that I was patient. Look at how much money I have now. Just calm down, breathe, and relax. But let's go ahead and read some super chats. And again, if you guys saw something in chat you wanted to bring up, let me know. But Rick Thompson said, going into a bear market, Ethereum merged and XRPK settling with help propel into a bull market in the fall. We'll see, Rick. Like I said, I'm, that kind of what I just said right there, maybe. There's absolutely, there are, there's evidence out there to say that's the case. There's also evidence to say that's not the case. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole lot going on right now, and that is, that's why I, I think it's being manipulated, because they'll, they'll one moment make you think that, the next moment think you, make you think that everything's going to be okay. We'll have to wait and find out, but we have to be wise along the way. Guns and Crypto said, isn't it good? Isn't a good thing that the people selling Bitcoin in correlation to NASDAQ? Okay, isn't it good thing? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm just reading this wrong. Isn't it a good thing that the people selling Bitcoin in correlation to NASDAQ, question mark, they obviously don't understand crypto. I'd rather have Bitcoin in smart hands. Uh, T-Shirt, I'm going to let you answer that one because you're way more involved with what's happening in the NASDAQ. Yeah, it, it's it's not so much smart hands as just compliant hands uh, or yeah. uh, people who are good at um, you know assimilating or... Um, you know, just doing what everybody else is is doing. You know, being suckerfish. Yeah, remora yeah. fish. My bad. It, this is just how the this is just how the market works. Unfortunately, Bitcoin has just kind of 
gotten lumped in with with uh, tech stocks, mid cap tech stocks, um, and and that that's just the reality of the situation. Would I rather? I would much rather it not. I would much rather it disintegrate from the from the Nasdaq and from the market as a whole because then that would start to show that the market understands the what Bitcoin really is. Um, but unfortunately, that probably won't happen for some time, just yeah. just as the nature of of these new technologies being introduced. Um, but but in the short term, yeah. Yes, it is a it is a kind of a, a educated way to look at it that you would rather have, um, you know, Bitcoin be in the hands of ed, of smart people or people who I don't know if necessarily the people who trade the Nasdaq are smart, but um, I think overall in the long term I'd have to disagree with this, but in the short term I would would agree I would rather it be in the hands of traders who have some kind of experience in the market rather than just like meme bros I guess so I'd put it like that. The good news is though. That as people exposed to it, and, and I will say, obviously, we would rather people who understand the technology and understand the use case of Bitcoin and understand how amazing it is be using it. I, I talked about this last week. Jordan Peterson talked about he bought Bitcoin and now that it was an investment of his and he was holding it. It, it forces you to actually do your research. It actually forces you to learn about your investing because you don't want to invest in something unwise. And so I think the more people get their hands on it and the more people that do their research about what is happening in it, uh, which is one of the reasons why I love Michael Saylor, I love Kathy Woods, I love what they do in going and educating people about the amazing future of Bitcoin because a lot of people, the again, the average retail investor even, just sees this as almost like a joke. They, they're kind of, this is the it thing to do. You trade Bitcoin, you trade crypto, you trade Doge, and they haven't done a lick of learning about what crypto actually is going to be used for in the future. And the minute they do start, the minute they do find someone that leads them and takes their hand and, and leads them to the truth, they're like, oh, okay, like this is a whole lot better than I thought. And at that point, again, I, I am all for as many hands as possible getting invested into Bitcoin because when their hands get in it, they actually start to learn. It might take a while, but they they slowly but surely will learn more. Yeah, I, I actually somewhat disagree with that. I think, unfortunately, like so many people have bought into Bitcoin just because they think it's going to make them rich. And, and and then when it doesn't, they sell it and it, it causes uh, distortions in the market and it just causes distortions well, in the price. That kind of goes, it's, sometimes it's going to take a while. Sometimes it takes a lot. I've known people who got in early, like I in early. I remember someone, I talked to someone who got in at 2013, thought it was a bust, sold. Um, and I don't remember all the prices, but they... They regretted it. Now they're back in. They got back in around 2017, I believe. It seems like a lot of people got back in in 2017 or got in the first time. And they said, I learned from that first lesson. So it's still like whether you have a good relationship with it or a bad relationship, whether you have good exposure or bad exposure, there are lessons to be learned. Kelly talked about it all the time. Kelly, I think he's watching here. He made a trade where he lost, I think it was like 60000 or $70,000. Yeah. And he's like, listen, that it made me feel sick. But the things I learned from that are phenomenal. The reason why he's doing successful, he's successful now. So I, I you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I just think the more people that touch it and start to learn about it, even, even though they might learn some wrong things at first, the continual education and the continual knowledge of learning and growing in your what you know is uh, is always something I will encourage. But that being said, I think even to kind of merge what both of you guys are saying, Ooh. I think if anything, <laughs> fence sitter, the no. best <laughs> advice I could ever give at this point: be a fish, be a sucker fish. No, no. Well, that was my that was my second best advice. <laughs> my first best advice that I could ever give anybody wanting to get in Bitcoin is do no matter how orange pilled you are, no matter. How much Michael Saylor and Kathy Wood tickled your ears. Yeah. No matter how much anything, 
before even DCA, I think DCA is great. Ooh. Do not invest more than you're able to just set on fire and not touch. Yeah, that's absolutely. Because here's the thing about it. It's not because we we all think that you're going to. I'm not saying this because I think you're going to lose your money. But I'm saying that because I don't think you're emotionally strong enough yet. You have to build those muscles just like any other muscles. You're not just going to jump into it and be bulletproof. And there's going to be times where, like we were talking about with manipulation, the market's going to try to shake you off. It's going to try to shake you off, and you're going to get really emotional. It's going to be very difficult. If you invest too much, you're going to burn yourself versus you get to learn these tough lessons and not have to feel the effects of it in terms of hurting financially. So do not invest more than you're willing to catch on fire. Or else that's going to control your emotions and you're not going to be able to learn the lessons you need to learn. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think even kind of closing that thought out, like I'm I'm even thinking about like how I wanted to phrase this. But to a certain level, there are things that you will never be able to understand. Everything that we ever do and research and think about, we had to have some form of faith or whatever. Like I was listening to someone talk about science. Like, you know, the only reason we know what we know about science is we're trusting the people that went and did all the research. Uh, and did everything and we're believing that they did it now hopefully it's testable hopefully you can go back and do it in the same breath there is going to take a little bit of a a a trust and a faith but one thing i'm trying to think of saying is find people you're going to need people to teach you you're going to need to surround yourself with lesson lessons and so find people that don't say trust me find people that say this is what's happening you can see it for yourself uh go do your own research and then sometimes you're going to have to take things at face value because it would be impossible for you to do all of it yourself. With that being said, though, the cool thing about crypto is if you, the information is out there, the research is out there, the people are out there to build in communities and to grow. And that's what we're building right here at Crypto Jeb and what we have going with Club DeFi. I mean, announcing about Club DeFi here in just a second. But the whole purpose of that is not to say, guys, just trust us. This is how it works. Invest how we want you to invest and then you'll be good. That's not the point of it. The point is to give you the tools to think for yourself and to surround you with people who have diverse thoughts and think about things differently than how you think about them. And when you surround yourself with that, yes, sometimes you are gonna have to trust people's words for it, but a lot of times you'll be able to verify and understand with your own mind how things work. And guess what? The good news is, is a lot of people I can just tell you right now, a lot of people are going to do the, I don't want to handle it. I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to get an advisor. I'm going to get somebody else to do all the investing for me. And you know what? They might do success. They might be successful. But those of us who do this for ourselves and do our own research and dig in and invest our time, money, and energy, those are the people who are going to be the most successful in this space because you are the person you can trust absolutely the most in this world. But I told you I was going to announce something about Club DeFi. We have been having a couple of bugs. I think we're close to getting them fixed. But uh, for any of you that were early enrollees, you guys have gotten emails. I know there's only been at this point, at least I think as I was told, 70 of you who have signed up. Uh, you have gotten emails about being in Club DeFi. So make sure you go sign up today. We're fixing all the bugs. That's why we're in beta testing right now. There's a lot of different things when you build a new website that happen. But we know that we're in good hands. You guys should be very excited what's happening there. Join that Discord we have over there. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to the link in the description down below. We have an amazing community starting already on Club DeFi. And it's only, what, three, four days into it? So it's going to be amazing. Uh, Guys, let's hit that like button. We have 1,500 people watching, only 535 likes. I know this was a different show. We flowed a little bit different, but hopefully we were able to help you. And if you guys want to share this with any of your friends you'd like to, uh, if you're not subscribed, I encourage you to subscribe to the channel where we do this literally every day of the week. Every day we not only have a show in the morning, but T. Shroom, now that he's back on staff, what do we have coming every afternoon? 
an afternoon deep dive video. So a scripted video. So some, something that, uh, you well, know, not every afternoon, just, not every just afternoon, to be but, clear, but every one of them to deep dive into some form of an issue three times a week. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. I go keep continuing. I you interrupted. Him. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm a I'm a goober. Yeah, we've got some com- some stuff coming up on Terra Luna about Terra Luna. Some more stuff on um, wallets. You know the differences, the different wallets we've been hearing an outcry about. You know about all the different wallets that that uh, that are out there, and and we'll have some NFT project stuff coming on the horizon as well. Uh, and I'm just really excited to bring that to you all. Um, you know more like deep researched things is something that uh, you all have been asking for and we're we're really looking to deliver so yeah well guys that's all we have for you in today's show we will be back we'll have an after, a video going out this afternoon we'll have some shorts going out on the channel uh, make sure you follow us on tiktok twitter instagram i think all of this stuff is down in the link below uh, i will see you guys though tomorrow guess what is we have a special guest coming on the show tomorrow should i tell them who's coming on the show tomorrow uh or should they do do we set them up for disappointment if something falls through? <laughs> that's that's a pessimistic way. Pessimistic way. <laughs> it's not like it's never happened. That's all I'm saying. And we're believing. Okay, then believing. say it. Say it in faith. We're saying it. Cryptos are us. George will be joining our show, Coffee and Crypto Live, tomorrow. Woo! He's not going to be on the whole show, but he's going to be joining in, at least for our discussion portion. So you don't want to miss that. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. Jeb will be back. But guys, with that being said, that's all I have. You guys have a great day. Stay blessed. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacFee Media.